This morning, the story of that first Palm Sunday comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter. So I invite you to listen for God's Word as it comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you'll find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away, and they found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, Why are you doing, what are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. And then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then he entered Jerusalem, and he went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty and gracious God, once again, we begin the journey of Holy Week here on Palm Sunday. And we come asking that you would quiet within us any voice but your own, that we might hear your word that we might prepare our hearts and that we might receive you again this Easter. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Reverend Becca Bateman reminded us of some of the great parades that we annually enjoy in our country. But I have to tell you, on one occasion, I found myself unknowingly in the middle of a parade. It was a small town just west of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, somewhere on Highway 30 in Ohio. I was making my way home from a 4,000-mile motorcycle trip, and I was on about to begin the last day of my journey. I was anxious to get home. I'd left my friends days earlier in Minnesota. And the day before this particular event unfolded, I had to ride through some rainstorms in Illinois. Rain on the road has a way of turning shiny chrome on your motorcycle into dingy and dusty dirt. So as this day began, I began as I usually do before sunrise, and I went out and I 
thought, well, should I clean my motorcycle or not? I thought, well, I'll be home by the end of the day, so it doesn't really matter. But I grabbed a rag, and I started to clean the most visible chrome. And before long, an hour later, it looked like new again. Good thing, too, because within a couple of hours, as I was entering this little town on this two-lane highway at the border of Ohio, a tractor pulled out in front of me with a big wagon loaded with children. And as we approached the town at very slow speeds, I began to see people standing on the sidewalks waving. I looked ahead of the wagon and the tractor, and there were some historic cars with people waving back, other tractors, I was in a procession coming into town, some kind of a parade. I don't know what was going on. I thought to myself, good thing I cleaned my chrome. You never know when you're going to be in a parade, apparently, in this part of the world. But then it became apparent to me that people also thought I was supposed to be in the parade. Like one of those motorcycle police that attends a procession on the way to a funeral. So I started waving at people. (laughs) And I had this sense that I could have just sped by this parade like a motorcycle cop and started flagging down other traffic to make way for the parade. But I was in a hurry to get home. So I, uh, as tempting as it was, I didn't do that. I just followed the parade all the way through town. Now, years later, here in San Marino, after we'd moved across the country, I was actually invited to ride my motorcycle in the 4th of July parade. It was great fun. I led all the kids, along with a couple other motorcyclists, on their bikes in the processional. And really the purpose of those of us on motorcycles was simply to restrain the children who every year want to turn the 4th of July parade in San Marino into a race into Lacey Park. I can tell you, all the chrome was gleaming on that particular day. Parades are always full of enthusiasm. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem in a carefully planned parade at the beginning of the festival of Passover. And he uncharacteristically drew attention to himself. Gone now is the secrecy of his lordship and all those ambiguous statements that he made during his ministry about himself. It's now the fullness of time. No longer is he telling those who he healed not to talk about it. Now he not only welcomes the adulation, he has planned for it himself. And even the stones along the road are about to shout out, Hosanna. It's one moment in the sun before the darkness falls. And he is in the eye of this cosmic storm on Palm Sunday. Now, it's a 
triumphant and it's a joyous note that we sound on this day, but it belies the danger and the threat that's inherent in the situation he's going into. Jesus is received as a king as he enters Jerusalem. And yet this king is facing danger. This king is about to be conquered. This king comes not in strength with some mighty army, but alone, and right into the lion's den. But only a few realize the significance of all of this. Many of you will remember that just about a year ago, at the end of April and the beginning of May, I led a trip from San Marino Community Church in Monta Vista Grove to the Holy Land. There were 36 of us that had the chance to enjoy that experience together. So less than a year ago, we stood there at the Mount of Olives, and we looked over the Kidron Valley at the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. We could see the gate where Jesus rode into the city on Palm Sunday. It's known as the Golden Gate, sometimes called the Mercy Gate. It's the gate on the east side of Jerusalem, and it's nearest to the Temple Mount. Today, you can't enter that gate. It's all walled up. The Ottoman Sultan, Suleiman the Magnificent, sealed the Golden Gate in about 1541. And while that may have been done purely for defensive reasons, in Jewish tradition, this is the gate through which the Messiah will enter Jerusalem. And it's suggested that Suleiman the Magnificent sealed off the Golden Gate to prevent the Messiah's entrance. And then the Ottomans also built a cemetery in front of that gate in the belief that the precursor of the Messiah, Elijah, would be unable to pass through the Golden Gate, and thus the Messiah would not come. So you can see the significance of Jesus entering through the Golden Gate, the Mercy Gate. The Messiah arrived, but unexpectedly, and only a few recognized it for what it was. Even scholars, biblical scholars, seem confused by the irony in this story. Some, for instance, see the significance of Jesus riding on a donkey, humbly, instead of some great horse, some great steed like Trigger or Traveler. Any self-respecting triumphant king would surely have a great war horse. This is roughly the equivalent of riding into the coronation on one of those Honda scooters like the White Coats in the Rose Parade. It's a different kind of ruler, an unexpected Messiah. Now, there's no doubt that Palm Sunday is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, 
Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So this is the fulfillment of Scripture. Some scholars are confused by the palms in this story. It's possibly a reference to the Jewish festival of booths, but curiously it's misplaced in this story because it's not the right time of year. This is set around the Passover. Others see the crowds as significant. The crowds which welcome Jesus early in the week turn on him just a few days later. Within days of this triumphal entry, Pilate again calls people together. And their leaders declare he's done nothing to deserve death. But they all shout together, release Barabbas. And regarding this new king, they keep shouting, crucify him. In a few days, it all goes horribly wrong. This is a king's coronation in the capital. It's the seat of civic and religious authority. But it's a funeral procession known only really to Jesus. And in a few days, it all goes horribly wrong. We, too, know what that's like. We, too, know that every once in a while, in the blink of an eye, everything can go horribly wrong in no time at all. We know how tenuous success can be. How quickly... Those institutions we've served for a lifetime move on without us. How soon they forget us. We know how fragile our health can be. One doctor's visit and somehow it seems like it all just went horribly wrong. We know how quickly relationships can change. How soon... A spouse can turn on us, or a child can become alienated, or a lover can become an enemy. We too know that in life, in just a few days, it can all go horribly wrong. Jesus set on a path to Jerusalem to walk right through the very worst that human beings are capable of. He walked right through apathy and hatred and betrayal and murder because that's what He came to do. That's what God always intends to do. To walk redemptively through all of human life. Even and especially when it goes horribly wrong. And when he walks through it, he offers mercy and forgiveness and peace. And he forges a way into the future that leads 
to celebration and to joy. Now in the face of what was before him, he begins with a parade. As if to say the very worst of what is humanly possible cannot stop. Cannot stop the grace of Almighty God. The Apostle Paul would later put it this way, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. And nothing, not even death itself, can stop this parade through human history. The parade of those who have discovered and begun to discern that in this ruler is the Lord of life itself. Palm Sunday is about celebrating life when it all has gone horribly wrong. And that we can still stand in the face of adversity and still celebrate because the outcome of life belongs to God. It's not rescue from life's difficulties, it's resurrection. It's transformation from what we are into who we will be. That's what's at stake in Palm Sunday. Life is good. Life is a gift. And even when we've made a mess of things or when the outcome of life is beyond our control any longer, we celebrate that our lives are not simply at the mercy of powers beyond our control. That there is a deeper mystery loose in the world. And it has the power to secure our lives. And it sets our world back on its axis. Things are not always as bad as they appear to be. So this morning, you may not feel like a conquering hero in life. In fact, you may feel like you've made a pretty good mess of your own life. Or perhaps you're facing some kind of a problem this morning alone, or you're on the verge of being conquered yourself by your compulsions or some loneliness or fear about your future. Well, the good news is you're not alone. Jesus Christ walked right into and through the worst of life and He can show you how to live through it too in His strength and by His grace. And God Almighty intends to walk with you through whatever you have to face, offering you mercy and bringing peace. So draw near to the Lord, and the Lord will draw near to you. The question today really is this. Are we only admirers from a distance, or are we ready to join that contagious inbreaking of life itself in Jesus Christ? Have we so attached ourselves to this living Lord that in 
we've attached in such a way that we too can sing with joy even in the midst of life's difficulties and twisted and unexpected outcomes. Trusting in God's redeeming grace and power to save us. Do you know that life that not even death can diminish? And will your voice join the chorus of the faithful who with unrestrained joy sing the songs that even the stones on the side of the road want to sing? Christ may just ride into your life in an unexpected way, the way He did Jerusalem long ago. And despite the fact that you may have walled off the entrance gate, if you have, you can take down that wall. If He rides into your life, welcome Him. It will mean life for you. It will mean love. And it will be the wildest ride you ever imagined. Thanks be to God.